0: Today I'm talking to Hannah. Hannah is from Northamptonshire and she's in her mid-twenties. In fact, she's 25. You can't get more mid-twenties than that. Um, In the last year that I've known her, she has bought a new car. She has uh, been promoted in her job and she's just bought a new house. So um, Hannah, welcome.
1: Hi, hey Baz.
0: Now, Hannah is also the voice of most of my media in the last year or so. So, um, Hannah, tell them what this podcast is called.
1: Baz Faces, True All Stars.
0: Perfect. Baz
1: Faces, True All Stars.
0: So you're the voiceover lady.
1: I am,
0: I've been the voiceover lady for a few things now, Baz. Yeah, if I gig um, and you hear my name being said, it's Hannah, Um, in my podcast series, you know who I mean, um, it's Hannah saying, Baz faces, you know who I mean. So yeah, and and now you've got your own, this is gonna be weird because every so often, it'll stop and you will hear your voice and then it'll go back to your voice, so. uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's going to be a bit a bit strange. My voice <laughs> talking over my voice.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, so you're 25. Um, mm-hmm. you, what's your job role? What's your job title? So
1: my job title is fraud team leader. So lucky me, I get to manage people.
0: You lead a team of people who commit fraud?
1: Yeah, no, not people who commit fraud. Okay work in in
0: fraud. Okay. So so how many people do you you manage or do you lead?
1: So I have uh, 12 people reported into me, which is um, maximum capacity. So I've got a full team. Um, Yeah, a bit crazy at the moment with everything that's going on. It's quite hard to manage remotely, but I'm getting there slowly.
0: So what are the age ranges of that? Is everybody sort of the same age in that environment or do you get literally people who are slightly younger than you and people who are old enough to be your parents?
1: Yes. So I've got a range in my team. So I've got a couple of apprentices. So they are fresh from school like right. still they're doing their degree through work um and then i've got yeah complete age range so people in their 20s 30s um i don't have um too much of an older range on my team specifically um probably the oldest person on my team is about 50 so yeah um but a, a wide spread of people on my team
0: okay and do do they, do they respect you is age Literally, just nothing but a number.
1: Yeah, they're completely fine with me now. To be honest, there's always a element of challenge at the start um, because you are younger. It just comes, as, and it's hard as well when you go into a team and you manage people that have been there for a long time. Um, whether they're, you know, they've been in the business five, six years, you know, they still might be similar to my age. It's hard to it it, it's difficult at times to get that respect because I'm I was fresh into the area so that's what I found hard um getting that respect from the because in in their eyes I had no idea what I was doing I had no idea about fraud and and what I was doing that's the hardest bit
0: okay but you're uh, you're uh, cementing your place shall we say yes yes um, it, it's funny that in a work situation as well because uh, sort of how you dress can can be a massive massive uh, thing that people can judge you on. So, uh-huh. for instance, um, w- when I first knew you, it was so I dress down all the time because uh-huh. uh, I'm a lazy designer. <laughs> Not lazy, future employees. employees <laughs> that's what I'm saying, um, just I, I, I'm casual. I, I'd say smart casual sometimes Mm -hmm. but I'm never wearing a suit so and what I noticed with Monday to Thursday it was like you dressed quite powerfully Mm -hmm. and you you, you kind of age ambiguous and then there was one Friday you came in and I was like whoa you you look 12 (laughs) and to me being my age I was like I recognize that you're much younger does that ever have any so do you get any kickback from that has anybody ever said "Hannah"? you're leaving a team maybe you shouldn't or is um, is that just a no and I,
1: I think as well it's sometimes i wish the rules were clearer in what's acceptable and what's not expect, acceptable especially for where we work um and how they try and go for a relaxed smart casual approach like i understand but sometimes i need like black and white i need to know and what are wearing acceptable or is it not? Because sometimes I think I need to dress a certain way because I don't want my team to turn up looking like they've just rolled out of bed. Like no. I wouldn't expect them to look like that. So why should I dress in that way? The lines get so confusing because of, you know, there's policies obviously in terms of what you should wear and what you shouldn't wear, but then each department is also different to what is is acceptable so I found when I moved into fraud that it was a bit more relaxed actually compared to my old my area before that so then it kind of made me think oh okay do I you know am I able to relax a little bit or you know what does the impression I want people to think of me like I don't want to turn up to a meeting with possible you know stakeholders and they look and they think oh wow you know that they don't they say like your first five seconds of when you see someone is an impression you have mm. and i don't want to leave that as you know lazy or not that bothered or doesn't care about their job because that's not me at all and i don't want that an impression
0: so it's, it's the whole um, you only get one chance to make yeah people remember a, that the first impression is that the right terminology? Uh, I Name? think it is. People make
1: judgments in, it's it's something like three or four seconds. Yeah. They make initial judgment.
0: Yes. No, I get that. Uh, yes, I definitely get that. Um, <laughs> I remember um, going to get my haircut in Melbourne, in Australia. And I sat down at the time. I was like, can I just have like a grade zero undercut? underneath the mop it's pretty much my hairstyle now <laughs> you're honest. rocking I'm it like, again now yeah, Twenty twenty. That's crazy. yeah I found myself again um, and uh, <laughs> the hairdresser was just like oh what like a real like bad boy and I was like hold on a second
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you I, like, no,
0: that? that's just how I like my hair and, and <laughs> throughout, throughout the um, the haircut she actually said I'm so sorry I like I'm like I thought you were one way but I'm pleasantly surprised you're a different way. And I was like, cool, just give me your phone number. We'll be, f-. no, I didn't say it. That. <laughs> um, i <not>, that's me. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I get it.
1: Fast faces, true all-stars.
0: At what level of education did you get to?
1: I did A-levels.
0: Mm-hmm. What did you do?
1: And- Oh, gosh, what did I do? Um, anything that didn't consist of an exam because that's just not for me. So anything coursework related. I think I did business studies, um, art, textiles type thing, um, and media studies.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not what you were thinking. Hey, Baz. And
0: yeah, media studies. It's like, why yeah. would you? I remember Literally going... Watch
1: films and write films or do a, you know... A- Magazine cover. I remember
0: (laughs) thinking, um, when I was applying to uni, I could do media studies and everybody going, that's not a real degree, like, huh? (laughs) That's not a real thing. (laughs) What is that? Wow. Okay. um, Why didn't you go to uni?
1: So I had looked into going Mm -hmm. and I had applied, went through the whole process, you know, writing your personal statement, the stress of all of that. And then I'd been to visit unis as well. So I'd looked at a couple in London. Mm -hmm. Um, I went up to Manchester and got my heart set on going to Manchester uni. Um, My parents liked it. It was, you know, it was a long way away, but it was, they did a business studies course that I wanted to do. And I'd really enjoyed business at A-level. And I thought, okay, this is pretty decent. I'll do this. Mm -hmm. I never knew what I wanted to do. I never decided, oh, I want to, be a doctor or I wanted to do any of that. I knew I wanted to work in an office. That's as, that's as extensive as my life wow. got. I
0: okay.
1: knew I wanted to work in an office. Don't really know why, but that's what, went from when I was younger, I knew that's what I wanted. So I was like, went through the whole process of um, going to like visit all these unis, apply, get, you know, wait for your results, get the, um, you know, place and everything accepted. And then I literally one day woke up and I just thought, it's not for me. I don't want to go. I just followed the process that my school like forced me to do. Yeah. They didn't really explain much about any other option, but it was, you go to, you know, I've done all my GCSEs there, I did my A-levels, you go to uni. That's the path they put you on. And I just woke up one day, and I just had some serious thought about it. And I thought, no, I'm I'm not interested. I don't I don't want to go. And as awful as it sounds, but I couldn't have that debt hanging over me from uni. That's a big factor.
0: Let's just backtrack. Hold on. This is modern day (laughs) uni. I have to think because you have to understand. So I was in the last year that got grant. Uh sorry um (laughs) so i had um so i had i think yeah i had a lot of stuff sort of paid for by the government and it was really really weird because um i didn't qualify for a grant and then my dad flew the nest oh and then we were, and then me and my mum were like, hold on, we're a single parent family. Oh, like I was like a grown man had a job. <laughs> hold on, we're a single parent family. And we qualified for the grant.
1: You became, um, ele- you all of a sudden ticked a whole load of boxes. Yeah. I on
0: bought. That form. Yeah. I bought a pair of Nike maps Like I went into a shop and I was like those and just laid the cash down. I was like, <laughs> student grant. Um, and then uh, anyway side <laughs> Um okay so you, you kind of so even then you, you, you kind of made the decision uh, just to get ahead fast
1: faces, fast faces. true all stars
0: you're a little bit of a hustler aren't you a
1: little bit a tiny little bit
0: okay so currently how many jobs do you have <laughs> And then, uh, do you know what? There's no condescension in that because I have my day job, but I also freelance as a DJ and as a designer. So I have many jobs. Um, so how many jobs do you have currently?
1: So I have two.
0: Okay.
1: Two jobs. It was, well, in the last month or so, it's been like two, mm-hmm. before I was working a good three, four months with holding down three jobs.
0: Okay. So we, we're talking sort of waitering um, and then whatever you do in your other job and your day uh-huh. jobs. What is driving that? Is that saving money? Is that boredom? Is that just, uh, I know people who, also oh, I've met people who they just work every hour because they they just don't ever want to stay still. Uh-huh. What was the um, motivation for having so many jobs?
1: So I Actually, I've gone through, thinking about it now, I've gone through through two extra other jobs. So I first obviously did my full-time job, Mm. um, Monday to to Friday, nine to five, that kind of thing. Um, And then I got an extra part-time job waiting on tables. I knew I had a goal, which was to buy this house. That had been my goal, and I would have done absolutely anything to get that. I had set myself, I knew in 2020 I wanted to buy it and it was going to be my house. Whatever happened, I knew I had to achieve that. And I wasn't going to achieve it by just working one job. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to get another one. So I started waiting tables and it was hard work. I was leaving my nine to five, driving straight to my waiting job and waiting on tables until gone eleven o'clock at night, you know. And you know, tips were really good, and I did really enjoy it. It was it was fun. It was stressful at times. It was fun, but it was hard to then get up again. So I'm getting home, getting into bed straight away, and then I'm up, getting ready for work to leave the house again at at seven thirty in the morning to start mm-hmm. my my nine to five job at, at eight. I start at eight o'clock. So it was. Quite relentless on that from that aspect. So I left that job and got a job in retail, um, a, again, part time. And that helped me in terms of, yes, it was extra things to do and meeting new people and just a different skill that I hadn't got before. Like I now can say, I've had been in the hospitality industry, I've been in retail, I'm in the finance industry, my normal job, I've worked in these different areas. So I like having experience to, to say I've done all these different things. And, you know, I work also for a really close friend of mine and his own business and I support him and do admin and I've learned so much just from that as well by... Mm-hmm you know, doing, I've asked you for some help on some things, Baz, and the skills like you've taught me and being able to, you know, meet other people. Like if I hadn't have got my nine to five job, I wouldn't have met you and been able to learn, you know, your, the stuff that you've helped me do in terms of designing things for um, the stuff I'm doing for one of my other jobs. So it's all experience and money, I did it to save money. And that was what was driving me because I knew I wanted to achieve buying this house. And, you know, I'm so glad I managed to do it.
0: You asked me why I wanted to interview you. That speech there (laughs) is why, (laughs) right? So, and you've got to think, um, whereas the average person your age and younger wants to be famous, for something they don't know what they just want to be famous or they want to do something or they live for the weekend um or they they kind of get in this cycle where they work and then on friday they go out and they just start taking the same selfies over and over again and posting them online they have the same hangovers they watch the same sunday morning telly they put the same dreads up about monday I once spoke to you and you said you were eating rice pudding. (laughs) And I was like, what? Like, why? And and a little bit I thought, is it a dietary (laughs) thing or is that just saving money? What were you doing?
1: Don't knock it. It It's nice. Mm -hmm. That's a good dessert to have.
0: No, no, that's a main meal you were having. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... And I know you you you're quite sensible with your money as well, yeah. Um, Which is it's just astonishing. This is another reason why I wanted to sort of (laughs) get your story out there. You know, you're so determined, you're so focused. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing as well is uh, up to when you finish your day job, you're a team leader, and then to go and then go right, I'm going to be, I'm going to go serve tables. It's a total flip. Mm -hmm. in persona um you have to stay very very humble i used to dj into you know the very very late hours and then i'd go into work and when i was a dj i was on my my own bus Mm -hmm. you know you get a certain amount of you know bs that goes with that yeah Um, and then you go in and then somebody's trying to tell you what to do and you're like hold on a second Mm-hmm. I just entertained three hundred people last night, um, you know, and um, I found that really hard to overcome, uh-huh. mainly because I was young and egotistical. Whereas with you, uh, how how do you stay grounded? So when, when you go from team leader to serving, take somebody's giving you shit at a table, yeah, uh, or or you know, what's uh, this is wrong? This is <laughs> this is not what I ordered, or you know, and, and essentially blaming you for maybe somebody else's mistakes so it's
1: one of the things i actually really liked when i started you know the extra jobs was that i wasn't the boss i you know quite enjoyed it because it's been a, it's been a while that i've been a team leader now probably mm. coming up three years so a lot of people look to you for answers advice support and, you know, I didn't, I knew I did not want that in an extra job. I didn't want to be the person where someone's asking me what to do. I just wanted to be the person that i turned up, I did the job I needed to do, and I went. I didn't want to have to do anything extra. I just, if, I, if something was wrong, I'd ask my boss. I wouldn't be the person that they were coming to all the time because I had so much of that in my day job. I knew I didn't need that in my part-time jobs as well. Um, So I I quite liked it because it was going from such a change. And I found that where in terms from a when I was, you know, getting it quite difficult from customers, I sometimes people were wanted to know and you know. Some of them I had an open conversation with and I said, this isn't my full-time job. I don't do this all the time. Like I actually have a a, like, because a lot of people will be curious and ask, you know, are you at uni? What are you doing? Are you studying? And I was like, no, I have a full-time job. I do this on top of my job. And people are like, oh, like they are surprised because you do, you'd never assume that someone is, you know, busting a gut uh, in the day and then they choose to come out and wait on tables
0: you get some people who, who serve you food and they're like well actually i'm going to uni next year to study like, law. <laughs> and you and, and you kind of go yeah cool can i have my chips please like <laughs> well done
1: <laughs> and sometimes having the conversation helped people get out of the restaurant quicker because yeah. I'd be like, um, excuse me. Some of us start work at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, so could do you mind just yeah. clearing off? That's
0: amazing.
1: Faz <laughs> faces, true all stars.
0: What kid were you at school? Oh, were you God. the cool kid? The
1: no, the, not uh, at
0: all. The um, oh,
1: as you know me well enough now, you know I was not the cool kid. I don't know.
0: There's <laughs> a few like. I think, and, and this, this is great as well because you, you get to know somebody um, and, and you're quite, uh, you do what I do, you're quite shielded about who can see what about you and you kind of go, all right, I'm getting to know you, I'm going to open this little door and the door I opened was like, oh, Ibiza, okay, uh, wow. Um, did not see that coming. Um, <laughs> so th- there's there's like this kind of, it's a real passion for life uh-huh. and real youthful enjoyment so there is that i mean it looks very very sensible <laughs> <laughs> but there is you know you wouldn't put the two personas together so this is what i'm saying what kid were you at school did you just kind of float in the middle of all the cliches? Yeah, yeah
1: pretty much like i had um uh a set group of friends throughout school. Mm. Um, but I hated school. I hated everything about it. Wow. I hated exams. I hated going. I just wasn't a fan. When
0: was that? Um, was it the school you attended or did you just, you were like, I'm ready to start life now? I was just not
1: into it for since ever, I don't really think. I I wasn't ever naughty or I never tried. I think as well, because I had to try hard. I'm not naturally really, really clever. So I had to study hard and I put a lot of pressure on myself mm. to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And so I had to work hard for it. And that just made me resent it. I didn't, enjoy things, I, did, like, I, I didn't I did enjoy going um, and sometimes people are not very nice and mm-hmm. girls can be a bit nasty and I didn't like that aspect of it. I think I've always been a lot older than my age. I'm probably a bit too mature or very mature and so I felt like I couldn't fit in with these people, especially towards the end of my sixth form period. I I just hated it. The work so you, was You kind of skipped
0: the tween years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. Oh, wow. I, yeah.
0: I, you skipped yeah. Twilight and went straight to True Blood. <laughs> yeah, I did. Wow.
1: So I just, yeah, I never really enjoyed it. It wasn't mm. something that I didn't ever think, oh, yes, I can't wait to get to school, like... I want to spend every single minute with my friends. I love everything. No, I went because I had to. And, you know, everyone pulls the odd sickie every now and again and more than I should have. But it, I just went because I had to. But I think it was the whole element of I had to try really hard because I'd set my ambitions high and I knew what I wanted to achieve. But it wasn't a a natural thing in terms of, you know, read the book and then you know it. I'd be reading the book over and over and over and over again. And still, it's not quite sinking in.
0: Where where did the ambitions start? Like, where did you go, do you know what? This is what... Because I'm 42. I'm still... I still really don't... Like, I've just started doing podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And everything I do, people are quite good at that. And then I get to a point where I'm like, yeah, but I'm not the best at it. And then I keep trying and it's like, oh, actually I could try this. And I start doing them as parallel and I never, never, you know what I mean? I just kind of want to Uh. do everything. Um, But for you, you you seem like you had a clear cut. Where where did that start? What age did you think this is what I want to do? So I think because
1: I didn't, specifically know what I wanted to do as in a specific career I felt like I had to plan for just in case okay I I don't know what I want to do so I need to be have like exam results and grades and stuff as a just in case so So I I, yeah I Mm. needed to do well enough as a to be able to give me that platform to be like okay so now you can go and do this or you you know can go to this university if you wanted to or you could get this job or whatever it was you've got that as your your base that was i think the pressures from exams and a levels that heightened my drive i think it probably started from there but then it has been since I've started my job. I obviously left A-Levels and went straight into work. Mm. And it's being in such a big corporate business, you can't stand still because Mm -hmm. it's, you'll just get left behind. And I Mm -hmm. knew I didn't want that to be me because I think as well, it's probably competition of the fact that all of my group of friends who I kind of fell out with towards the end, they were going to uni and they'd get a degree i wasn't going to get a degree going to go into work i'm i've missed that i'm not going to have that now it's gone because i've chose not to go
0: it's not gone it's just on pause you can go back i'm not
1: going to be the 30 old student student and i'll (laughs) I'll tell you
0: this and i don't want to interrupt your flow i did when i went to uni i went to northampton uni um came up it's it's funny when you go to Northampton Uni people like me the the first two sentences you'll say is um sorry within the first two sentences you'll say when you meet anybody is I'm from London it's like nobody (laughs) it's like okay nobody is bothered well, well done um and um I was I did English psychology and drama and in each one of my classes and I was sort of nineteen mm-hmm. to twenty. Um, there was somebody in their forties in my in my oh. first year classes. So, put a pin in there. Never say never.
1: It, it might still be there.
0: <laughs> I've also interviewed somebody who has gone who has since in their thirties gone to university, and that's oh. after having a career. Oh, maybe. I, okay. Well, I I possibly could. Yes. If I want to. I I kind of get, and I think we kind of get that you, you have this amazing work ethic. You have an incredible attitude. Where does that come from? Is there, do you have like a family member who is a mentor? Is that just stuff you figured out on your own? Where does that guidance come from?
1: I think I am just quite stubborn as a person and I am driven. I think I've always been driven to achieve and orientated about things that are important to me and you know I've never been able to you know I wouldn't have just gone to my parents and asked for things and they've both worked really hard um, for what they've achieved and I think you know it's it's a humble upbringing you know you circle what you want out of the Argos catalogue and you get it at Christmas. Wow. You don't get it just because you want it. Yeah. Um and you well, know, then, you save big things.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna play that back to my son.
1: <laughs> and tell him. Yeah.
0: Because But yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> big things at Christmas or your birthday. Okay. That was, you know, the two times of the year you'd get a big present and things like that. And so yeah, I think it's just natural like we'd never you've been brought up to you know go to work and go out and do what it makes you happy you know my parents would never have wouldn't have turned around and said no we don't want you to go to uni or when I ter- when I said to them I don't want to go that's it I've changed my mind they were completely fine with it you know I'd at that point, I wasn't certain if I would get a job. I had already had work experience where I work now, and I had a close family friend that got me in and got me, helped me secure the position. But if I hadn't, I wouldn't have turned around and said, you know, if I ended up working in a shop or whatever I chose to do... They would have ended fine. up
0: working at Megaball, or Ten Pin, as it's called.
1: Yes, Ten Pin.
0: <laughs> I, I did that did you? Um, I well, I was at uni, um, and no, I, I dropped out of uni, and I had a job that was starting. At the, and this is don't laugh at the timeline. Um, I had a job that was starting at the turn of the millennium. Okay, so in the year two thousand, <laughs> I had a job that was starting. So the back end of '99, I was working in the Mega Bowl as a barman and an alley cat. Um, oh. God well if you say that yeah it's, it's basically a mobile bar person so you go up and down the alley you go do you want a drink and they go yeah you go and get the drink and they go here you go here's the money for the drink keep the change so i used to literally rinse the lanes for spare change so i could buy
1: i was probably there at a kid's party when you were doing that probably not <laughs> in the bar no, but I was probably at Mega Bowl. Yeah,
0: possibly I think you may have been I <laughs> wore the um, the dog costume Marshall once <laughs> I, was
1: was, I was definitely there
0: I was like working on the bar And they said I was new And uh, one of the managers said I need you to come with me And I was like, okay It's really quick being fired But, you know, I've enjoyed my time <laughs> And they put the dog costume on I was like, what? I put the dog costume on so put this dog costume on, and first thing is so you can see out of the eyes, but not below the nose. So all you so you've basically got the top half of your vision, and you've got to wade into kids, yeah, <laughs> who you can't see because they're shorter. So literally, you're walking and you hear and you feel flood flood, and it's all you're these literally kids literally, and you're like, oh gosh. Um, and uh, every time you raise your <laughs> hand, you swipe a kid down a bowling alley. Like, you literally <laughs> box a kid down the lane. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe you're in that party. <laughs> <coughs> Is your family quite broad-minded?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Well, well, I've got a quite a big family, so...
0: Yeah. Is it, are you, uh, you got brothers and sisters?
1: I have one brother. Yeah. And there's a big age gap between us. So my brother's about eight years older than me. So there is so a big age gap.
0: Okay. So you you basically were an accident?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just a massive inconvenience really, wasn't I? <laughs> an inconvenience.
0: An accident. It's like, oh don't oh we'll love her anyway. Um, <laughs> now um what what kind of parents Um, Did you have Were they just sort of Figure it out for yourself Were they very sort of preachy Were they
1: um, Um,
0: Strict disciplinarians
1: So Gosh that's a hard question I My I think I Appreciate my parents so much More now and I (laughs) I didn't When you live there And you take things for granted, you know, and now I have to pretend to somehow fake it. And like I'm an actual adult now, it's you realize how much that your parents do for you. I'm a massive daddy's girl. I would spend every extra minute with my dad when I was a kid. Um, He used to go and do like extra work on weekends. He's a um, carpenter Mm. and I'd go with him, and my like dad would always, Jesus. yes, like Jesus. Yeah. And my dad would always say, like he'd make, he'd give me like the tiniest little plank of wood and a little toffee hammer, and I'd spend hours just trying to knock a nail into a piece of wood. He said, Hannah, you'd be you would be sat there for hours trying to do that, just just because there was no reason at all. But it's actually helped. I'm quite good at DIY now, so <laughs> you know. So, but it, you know, it does it have its you a
0: Knife and fork, and yes. the back of a spoon to like build a house. That's <laughs> <Yes>. amazing. <laughs>
1: but yeah, they were quite strict um, in terms of you know playing out with my friends, and you know um, when you, you know when you got on your first bus ride to go to town. I remember my mum when I was in primary school or secondary school. I used to walk around to my grandma's house. And she'd phone my grandma as soon as I left the house just to make sure that my grandma was ready for me to turn up at the house oh, wow. <laughs> like it's only a ten minute walk, but she'd phone and make sure I was there all right um but
0: yeah, so I but you know what in this day and age, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Yes, I know
1: you should do that now. Oh. I would honestly I would take those skills and use them because. I'm glad because, you know, it's not. And I think as well, that's probably, I'm glad that they did those kind of things and I wasn't allowed to just, you know, wander around and play out all the time because, and especially more so now, maybe not back when I was younger, but it isn't safe, is it, to just be out and be a kid?
0: No, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, the big thing for us was was playing out but then everybody was playing out oh. and then it got dark and you kind of went, yeah. So you basically played out until it got dark and then you were like, yeah, it's time to go. Oh. Um, and we, we often uh, went in packs of two or three. So there was no, um, I mean, this is how I grew up. Um, I
1: think it's more I, of a boy thing as well to play out than girls.
0: Maybe. Yeah, there were no never any girls there. Um, that's a good point. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> yeah, so yeah, in this thing, you just, and I think it probably is, you, you can send your kids to walk here, there, but it's the stories that you're fed and the stories uh-huh. that you read. And there's always that possibility. I have no idea why we've gotten down this road. Uh, but yeah, um, so your parents were, were kind of um, disciplinarians. so So they, yeah. they were quite. As in they wanted to instill responsibility as opposed to they wanted you to stick to their agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good. How have... Okay. And that, you have to appreciate where I'm coming from from this. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> how, how have they reacted to your boyfriend, Dave? V. Davey.
1: <laughs> they absolutely love him.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I think it's they are open to whoever I'm with as long as they make me happy that's all they care about is that I'm happy
0: good uh, so just for context um, Hannah's boyfriend is half Jamaican and half uh, what half Irish English Scottish Welsh <laughs> <laughs> English okay Yes. So, by the uh, terms of, you know, social labelling, you are a interracial couple, and obviously, see, it's gone quiet now, isn't it? <laughs> 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 what? So, uh, okay. So, the angle I'm coming from. I mean, in light of you know, the recent BLM, and you know, I'm now intrigued. Uh, as a black person myself, of mm-hmm. Jamaican descent. What it's like, what are your ex- what were your experiences with other races? Being in Northampton, where it, I think, up to a point, was predominantly Caucasian. What were your experiences? If you were an out-and-out racist, maybe don't say anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, we were part of a clan. We'd wear heads, um um, was was did it ever? Was it ever broached? Did your parents that you know go? You know, there's no difference. Everybody bleeds the same. What was the outlook? Um, or was so it just never a thing?
1: It was never a thing. Yeah. Never a thing. Um, yeah, it was just never even brought up or discussed. Or it's just normal. Like it's not a issue at all about anything okay. and it's never it never has been
0: okay you're one of the lucky ones I am, <laughs> I, am. I did I, the, <laughs> the amount <laughs> of people who don't realise I'm black and they meet me and they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, this, this isn't, I'm not going to push you down that avenue because it's not fair. But um, so uh, give me one interesting fact about your boyfriend. Um. Oh
1: my gosh, okay. Baz, that's sad.
0: Hold on, hold on. Before you get, <laughs> before you reveal too much, what does your, what job does your boyfriend do? He is a policeman. So not just... A policeman, a black policeman. He a is a black struck policeman. It, struck gold. <laughs> Those are rare. Did he have any? And you know, I I don't want you to speak for him, uh, and obviously keep whatever you want to yourself. Um, did did was there any? Did he go through any sort of journey through the whole lockdown and the BLM and the George? Floyd and um and I I tell you for why, I tell you for why what I noticed from my perspective was there are a lot of black guys who went, Do you know what? And it was it was that moment of realization. I saw a lot of grown black men just breaking down in tears. Mm -hmm. Um I was one of them. I was like, look at what I do. Um so I stopped straightening my hair. Mm. It it was like you think well, I have to be a certain way. And you don't realize you're kind of li- liquefying mm-hmm. yourself um, or, you know, you, you kind of trying to adapt your natural thought. Now, I don't know if Davy has this, but some of the thoughts that come to my brain that will uh, that will come out as words is mm-hmm. um, I'll think it and it will come to me in patois and I'll go to say it and I'll go, <laughs> no, nobody will understand yeah, if yeah, I go if I talk or sometimes it slips out <laughs> and they're like sorry, and i'm like I said um, you know I'm really hungry uh, <laughs> you know did, did, did he go through any kind of did, did it hit him in a way? did you notice it or did he keep it to himself or
1: so from our perspective as hmm. a couple, I think it was the whole experience of I also am new to a inter-race relationship. So mm. I, from my perspective, and that's all I can talk from, is that I didn't really know how to deal with the situation. Mm. So this was new to me, because it doesn't matter to me or, you know, what how he is or what he looks like or the fact he's, he's mixed race, that is irrelevant to me. I, I'm not bothered. And
0: And he obviously doesn't push that image onto you. Not at all. He's not like, you know I'm black every day. (laughs) No,
1: not at all. And he's so grounded as a person that it's it's never even been like a topic of conversation because it's not an issue or not a thing at all. He's so like grounded and, and down to earth about everything and so chilled about so much stuff. Purely because of his job, there's not much worse things that can happen than the stuff he goes through and he sees yeah. at work. He's so so relaxed about almost anything.
0: Quite level and,
1: yeah. yeah. And obviously, the whole George Floyd thing happened, and I felt upset and and hurt by what had happened. And but I didn't know how to have that conversation. Sure. And. I rightly or wrongly kind of let him have his emotions and his feelings. And I didn't broach the conversation, whether I should have or not. But I cannot comprehend how he would feel because I'm I'm not him. Yeah. 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 And I knew and we are so open and how we talk to each other. If he wanted to chat about it, we'd chat about it. And, you know, I think sometimes though, going in too hard is not the right approach. And Mm. I can't, I haven't, you know, walked in his footsteps. I don't know what's happened or I don't know how he feels about certain situations. It's also very awkward for him because he is a policeman. Yes. That's catch 22, isn't it? Mm. You know, he, what, what does he do? How does he feel from, you know, the opinions that people have of him, A, as a policeman, whether he's white or black or whatever he is. Mm -hmm. He has to face that first to then be facing, you know, anything racial as well. That's on top of everything. Mm -hmm. So it's it's difficult from his perspective and we've had conversations about it and you know, he voices his opinion and you know, I support him in in any way and and as I possibly could, but he helped to educate me a lot more than I realized Mm -hmm. in terms of when the whole situation happened, we watched a lot of TV series and, you know, um, Like videos on YouTube, he showed me so much stuff that I'd never even thought to look at and to research, and that's probably so naive of me and, you know, maybe I should have, but it's never, I've never thought about it and that's probably really, really bad but I'm so glad now that he's been able to show me all that stuff and I I feel and I kind of understand people you know his family heritage and, and all that kind of stuff so you know it helped us without even knowing that it was helping and especially me I feel like I know so much more just in this short space of time
0: that is the answer of somebody And I've heard this answer many, many times. That is the answer of somebody who I know is 100% not racist. Mm. Um, And it it kind of fits in with everything that you've told me about. Uh, Your experiences, your uh, achievements, uh, your work ethic. Um, So yeah, I I didn't expect anything (laughs) less um it, it's evident uh, and, and you know people like me and your boyfriend we know we can feel it we know who is on our side no he's not um we're not going to turn this into you know uh, a conversation about race because uh the whole point of these podcasts is i want to celebrate the people that i know that i think are amazing i think you are amazing um, <laughs> and i think over the course of this chat you have proved that so um thank you so much for opening your world to me a little bit and (laughs) helping me to kind of go do you know what you are a Baz
1: faces faces. true all-stars
0: what's on the horizon To, to 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 wrap up what's on your horizon
1: Oh, well I need to set a new goal don't I now because I've achieved the one I've been working for for God knows how long um yeah I think what's what does I like to have five-year plans so I'm kind of at my fifth five year now aren't I so I need to and I know, start <laughs> again five years I'll be 30. Yeah. what does my plan look like I think i would like a promotion at work go for that one more one more and then i'll stop so yeah i'd love to get a promotion um that's my next target and then i think i would like to have a family don't tell Oof. david no he'll run aisle. <laughs> no.
0: i i won't tell him but please, obviously, ask him to listen to the podcast. Yes, I will. Because his feedback <laughs> is very valuable. I, I have an ego too. I like audiences. But, yeah.
1: But, yeah, yeah. Dave, we stop listening at, like, the 39th minute so that uh, you don't hear this end bit. <laughs>
0: that wasn't so bad, was it?
1: No, that I
0: enjoyed that.
1: I Therapeutic
0: is what people say when, when, when I talk to them. They go, that was really good therapy. <laughs>
1: It's I like, love
0: yeah. that. You get to talk about so yourself cool. for like nearly an hour, which is. I know. Who
1: <laughs> knew well, I had so much going?
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> it's what I can see. You know, a lot of reason why I'm doing, doing this series is because I, I believe I can see the good in people. I can see, I, I think I can spot a star. Now, um, in the true sense, I don't mean like, you know, you're going to be a celebrity. but <laughs> yeah, um, Don't
1: sound that dream.
0: You're well, you know. <laughs> it's, it's going to happen because uh, you're going to help me with football vessel cancer 2021 yeah. right Yes. Yeah. obviously um, you're going to keep doing me voiceovers in which I pay you in yes. chocolate yes um, <laughs> <laughs> Hannah thank you very much I wish you all the best of luck in the future I don't know when I'm going to see you again even though we work for the same company <laughs> um, I don't know when we're going to be allowed back in the office or if any of us will still be working there who knows um but yeah uh great to talk to you and thank you for being a baz Faces true all-star
1: next time on baz faces true all-stars
0: Go on, you can do it you can shall, do it should we do like for when i do video promo should we do like uh, hey what's that you got in your hand there darren that's a black matter gear wasn't it wow where can you find one of those <laughs> blackmattergear.com <laughs> <laughs> we talk about uh, you know your branding as well. Um, a lot of people may be quick to say you're trading on the slogan
1: as faces true all-stars.